Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. And do we have a doozy for you today? Not only do I have to introduce the new Mrs. Plofsky, because Jamie, she a married girl now. I am. I am. Yes. So sorry, all you people. All the you know, list of suitors was quite long. Lay off her. <laughs> I just have to have to say that it, it ties nothing into what we're talking about today. Or if there is, let me know. But I just have to mention that. But today we are talking about another big event. Oh, that's how you tie it in. Big events. Jamie got married and Stranger Things came out, guys. What? Still here we are. talking. Jamie about got married, but Brian didn't. No. no. <laughs> this is all about Jamie He's the strange thing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, of course, of course, we are talking about season four, volumes one and two. So, if you have not gone and watched the hours and hours special of volumes two, <laughs> stop <laughs> and watch that and then come back and listen uh, to us. So, we are going to be talking about everything. Stranger Things, specifically uh, season four, and specifically a character that I think we all have fell in love with. He is the man of my nightmare dreams, um, Joseph Quinn, who plays uh, Eddie. I was about to say Eddie Monster. Wow. From the TV show. (laughs) Oh, man. The Monsters, I cannot wait for that. I grew up watching the Monsters. I'm very excited. I mean, the reruns. I wasn't. I didn't grow up in like the the 60s. Right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Actually, Brian is Vecna, and so like oh right, 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 right. (laughs) Fantastic! So let's uh, strap in for this ride. You all know these characters; you love them. Of course, this is by the Duffer Brothers. They're wonderful minds, and so let's get into it. So, I do want to say that this is a major crossover event. You saw Endgame. This Ah. it doesn't compare to what we're about to do. <laughs> we, you've seen the CW TV shows. This this is not the same. Oh God! Wow, what a comparison! <laughs> if you are listening to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian, we would love to welcome Jamie and Nikisha from Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha. Welcome, ladies. We're so happy to have you on the Nerdverse. Happy to be here. We brought our own uh, trumpets and horns. Yes, we did. (laughs) However, if you are listening to Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha, welcome Joanna from the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian. Pew, pew. Brought my own soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, we are here, you know, for those of you who don't know, Talking Horror, we talk about a horror movie from the perspective of human health and mental behavior. Jamie is a therapist, Nikisha is an actress, and um, on the Nerdverse, we dive into every Nerdverse sector to break down all the nerdiest things in your life, from Star Wars to Stranger Things to Marvel, DC, where, as, as you know, we'll be doing The Boys and all those other nerdy, fun superhero stuff. So we do um, Pixar, Disney the animated sub everything um so if you haven't listened to one or the other one um we would suggest subscribing they're all available the link will be in the bio for um whichever one the description whichever one you listen to but um joanna nikisha jamie this is very exciting and we are going to combine both of uh the podcasts in order to do different segments from each one so this is a true crossover event and the cool thing is you all met at jamie and i's wedding me too and that's where i met jamie i met jamie there too (laughs) that's good a married at first sight moment yeah we was like it was a it was a reality show obviously Yes. <laughs> um, you know, we could talk about a ton of things because there have been a ton of horror trailers out lately. There have been a ton of superhero, all that fun stuff, uh, trailers lately. We'll do separate episodes for that because there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Stranger Things. But as we start every episode of the Nerdverse, we jump into different sectors of the Nerdverse. And today we're heading into the Stranger Things sector of the Nerdverse. So you need to present your... Uh, Stranger Things Passport. Let me see your identification. Hold on. Hold on. And tell me, one out of ten, how many Stranger Things stamps do you have? Like, how how familiar are you with the Stranger Things world? Have you watched them a million times? Is this a one-time through person? Do you really connect to it? Is it just, like, fun for you and that's all it is? And more importantly... What would your stamp be, um, Joanna? Let's start with you, since you have you you know you you're familiar with uh, the the passport process in customs when it comes to entering the different sectors of the nerdverse. Yes, my passport is very brittle and frayed on the edges. Um, <laughs> you know, this is tough. I would say I've rewatched. Uh, I always do a rewatch before the newest season, but I but I have done them a few other times around Halloween. So, but this season I could only do once. Obviously, I barely got this in under the wire because it was so long. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say, and I don't know much about Dungeons and Dragons, which I think does factor into your stamps. Um, I'm going to say I'm at like a five. Um, you know, my recall isn't fantastic, but I have rewatched one, two, and three at least three times or four. Each? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think so. But again... I, I never knew I'd be doing a podcast about it. So uh, my recall is not so sure, hot, I'm sure. sure. But yeah, I, so I'd say I'm like a five. All right. Uh, Jamie, are you, what are you? Oh, Coke bottles. Oh. Uh, spin the bottle, Coke bottles spin the bottle. for Joanna. Oh, are they like mm-hmm. gift stamps where they actually spin? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not a real thing. <laughs> um, Jamie, what about you? What are your stamps? Man, I was feeling way more confident, but to be honest, I've never actually rewatched any of the, any of the seasons past. Um, I usually stick to other forms of recap, um, whether it's like a YouTube recap or something like that. Um, because there's just like so much content, not enough time. 
Um, so I, I mean, I'll still stick with what I was going to say, which is maybe like a 7.5. Um, but that's not including, there's so much more content out there now. Like they have, uh, like books and graphic novels and all kinds of other things. And I have not followed any of that. So my knowledge is based purely on, you know, the seasons that I have watched and YouTube recaps and my passport is like a little D20. Love it. Love it. Uh, Nikisha. Yeah. So uh, a little bit of both of Jamie and Joanna, because you definitely have to factor in Dungeons and Dragons. And every time I watch this show, I just feel bad that I don't know enough about D&D to really, really get into all of the insidery inside trade that is D and D. So I would give myself a five. I also never re uh, rewatched any of this, the seasons except for I did start to rewatch season four, volume one, because it was that good mm. that I just wanted to see all the things again, right before the second half came out. Um, and what was the other thing? What what stamp? The, the What's your stamp? What stamp? Oh God! Like an item uh, that they would put in your book. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm trying to think. I feel like this season I was really rooting for um, Joyce and her journey. So I don't know. What's like a Joyce thing? I'm um, making yeah. out with Hopper, just like kissy, kissy faces. That's it. There we go. Because <laughs> every day, all day. God, that man is fine. Yes. Oh, he's so good. He looks so yes. good this season. Oh, my God. I mean, he's um, always been like a good-looking guy. Sorry, Brian. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's always been a good-looking guy throughout the whole season. I also think it's just kind of that, like, superhero, oh, my God, yes, save me because you're perfect type thing. Yes. But now even more how his aesthetic yeah. was. But also, Brian's so used to this. I talk about how hot guys are all yeah. the time on this pod. So and women. Yeah. Um, he's so, he is so yes. fine. Oh my yeah, God. From Tony, from, 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 uh, what's his name? Candyman, Tony Todd, Todd, what's his name? Oh, yes. Tony Todd. His mm. voice In to voice. America's ass. We talk about it all. Um, <laughs> Uh, I will. So I, he, apparently he lost like 80 or 90 pounds for part yes. two. Wow. Um, but more importantly, uh, the difference between how he looks in black widow versus this and they're because they oh, were so God. close is like, it's like very jarring in a way. Um, yes. But uh, yeah. So I'm a combination of all of you. I don't know D&D that well, and I think that takes points off. I've never rewatched a single episode of Stranger Things. To me, it's a very casual watch that I really enjoy. What I love the most about Stranger Things and where my strength is, is I catch 90% of all of the 80s movie references. Like, I catch everything from the clothing that they're wearing to... Some of the bed sheets that Mike has that he uses to make the tent in the basement are sheets my grandparents had when we would sleep over. Um, you know, all of that stuff from like Goonies references to Monster Squads to literal alien and uh, Star Wars line reads that are used in other sequences. Like I pick up on all of that stuff because it's so ingrained in me, even though I'm a like I'm really a 90s kid at heart. I watched so many 80s movies growing up from Raiders of the Lost Ark to like Alien, Aliens, like all all of um or Alien, uh, actually Alien is 70s. But you know what I mean? Everything that came before that those kids would have watched. Um, 
That being said, I, I really, I genuinely only think I'm like a six on this. I just, okay. I really enjoy it. I never was obsessed with it the way that people have become obsessed with it. I think it's really fun and I look forward to when it comes out. But like, um, I'm definitely not as, it, to me, it's like, a oh, it's out this weekend. Great. Let's watch it. Casual viewing. Oh, that was really great. I really enjoyed that. Moving on. Yeah. I also had a question for the three of you. You all probably get one more stamp because you, unlike me, who's very scared of scary movies, um, probably get all of the homages to the horror movies that this show gives you, so like much. Carrie and mm. Firestarter. So you all, and I don't catch as many. That's I caught right. Carrie and I caught Firestarter and like some alien stuff. But um, that also probably all, all y'all like those scary things. That you sure. probably got those. Oh, my stamp would be peanut butter. Peanut butter jars. Oh, yeah, Disgusting. <laughs> Peanut butter is Love delicious. the peanut butter. Truly disgusting. Okay. No, I kind of now want to change my stamp to just Freddy Krueger. Now that you said that, Joe. Oh, to Robert England. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll do that. I change it. I want uh, Freddy Krueger. Great. Well, now that we kind of know where everyone stands, Nikisha, uh, why don't we do Talking Horrors first? Uh, first um, well, segment. Segment. Yes. So we are going to do likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. So everyone, please just give me a few things that really stood out to you that you liked within this season and some things that really got on your nerves. And I'm super excited to hear um, Jamie's because there are some things that I feel like probably got on your nerves. If not, I'm going to ask you about it later in our other segments. But since... Joanna is guesting on this. We're guesting on hers. Let's start with you and give us a few likes and gripes of this season. Oh, gosh. I will try to keep this to just a few because I, <laughs> I tend to go long-winded, so I will try to be, try to be brief. Um, okay, so I might go back and forth. Um, in general, I, a gripe I had with the season is that we had morsels of all the kids spread out. I think the show thrives when the kids are all together particularly the kids, um, not so much the adults. And when I say kids, I mean teens and preteens yes. and whatever they all are. Um, I thought, you know, it it feels like some of this character therefore got a little sidelined, um, such as, you know, I, I haven't been loving Mike lately, and, and this was not a great season for me for him. He was sort of reduced to, like, being in California and then, like, basically screaming it out at the end. But Joanna, know, kind of tough. he's the yes. heart of the group. And and that to me is like so paradoxical because <laughs> yeah. I'm like you yeah. are not the heart this year or even last yeah, year. Totally. Um, and I think Fair. this is kind of COVIDy. So I'm gonna say most of this was COVIDy, and now they're all in Hawkins. So I'm assuming this will, you know, they'll be staying put. Um, yeah. So that was a gripe. Um, a like was a humanoid villain this season. Mm. I hope that continues. I really responded well to like finally getting someone that could talk as the villain. So that was cool. That was something I really liked. Um, a gripe, well, I, sorry, I only like two more each. A gripe okay. was, I, I thought it was strange that we have such a big L Max relationship shown at the end, but they could have peppered that in throughout the entire season to show that Max was having emotional issues at the beginning and, and stuff because she missed her best friend, her girlfriend, L, and L could have, missed her more in, and to use that as like this binder at the end, I was like, wait a minute, where was that? 
you know, it's all just been about Mike and being about Lucas, which is totally important too. But I thought that was kind of strange. Um, But in general, I think I really liked how they handled the Will, you know, Will's sexuality sort of ambiguousness and and the uh, Will and Jonathan scene at the end was fabulous to me. Um, So I think I will end it there. I I also just didn't like how my favorite character, um, Steve, was like stuck to a wall for like 30 minutes of the episode. Mm. I timed it. Um, yes. that was, that was upsetting to me. I was like, can we have more of Steve? Uh, <laughs> and one more gripe was, I don't like how Hopper, the Hopper death, but not death at the very beginning of the season did not work for me. First of all, are you telling me that if Joyce just like looked further over the edge, she would have seen him? Like <laughs> mm. it would have been so cool if he had to go into the gate and then he got back out or he ended like, you didn't, they explained that very strangely to like, he was there. He just wasn't seen. So that mm. was like, come on guys, we can do better than that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there were also a lot of um, like the season was choked with death watch signals, which I like and gripe with because it mm. stresses me out so much. Mm-hmm. Like we were getting just so many like, okay, they're dead. Okay, well, they're dead. During, okay, they're dead. And, during this yeah. whole season. Brian could not stop saying, stop making plans. Shut stop up. making Shut plans. Up the future. Not Don't make it. Stop. And, Shut up. And everybody made plans. So it wasn't even like who, everyone. like everybody, everyone was like, oh, I guess I have to go to the dentist next week. I'm just like, no, you need to get <laughs> no. your teeth checked. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. I'm done. Thank you all for humoring me and listening to you so much of that. Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, Jamie, how about you go? Yeah, um, I'm glad that Joanna went first because it really refreshed my my uh, honeymoon brain to remember all of the things that have happened uh, in the first part that I that I did not remember. Um, but I'll start with some of my likes right off the bat. Episode one, love that it really amps up the the horror element. Like they really went for it, mm. and this was the scariest season by far. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Man, that that Chrissy death scene is Ooh. truly horrifying. It really got me. Like the visual, it's just so it's it's brutal. It's awful. Um, especially like for the character that they're that like they really make you like her. And then they just mm. like, oh, the bone breaking and the the eyes. Oof. It's it's gross, but I loved it. And I was like, Oh, I'm whatever is going to happen next. I am all in Let, like, bring it. Who else is going to get creaky bones to death? Um, yeah. so I, I, man, that was, that was excellent. Um, another, like, I mean, I, I think we'll, we'll definitely get into, um, his amazing character, but Eddie truly was incredible. Um, just like from the first time that you like see him in the cafeteria and, and the hellfire club. And like, he's just so compelling. And I know we talk, but I know we use the word we really throw around charismatic a lot. I feel like, um, in talking mm-hmm. hard, but like, man, he's just, he's just he's, so compelling. He's so, he's just, oh man, he's adorable. Um, so I don't want to, I'm not going to go too in cause I'm sure Nikisha has a lot Ooh. more to say. Um, but what else? Oh, I mean, special, I'm not even going to just use her character's name, but Sadie Sink, in my opinion, the true MVP of this mm. season and God, she's just so incredible. Um, 
and and I'll get into that later with my spoilers, with my suggestions. But she was just, she's so good. She's so good. And I'm so glad that like, you know, they really, I mean, again, as a mental health professional that they like really focused on her grief and, and like the survivor's guilt that she's struggling with after the loss of her brother, after the loss of Billy, like it's just so integral to the storyline and she just, oh, it's chef's kiss performance. But I will also say that a character that I truly didn't, I, I just couldn't care enough about him. And I feel like they'd done him dirty up until this season, especially part two. Lucas had like the ultimate emotional comeback in part two. I was sobbing along with him he, oh my God, it was just so like, I'm so glad that they showed this, like just emotional fragility through his character and like the connection with Max. Oh, it was so good. Um, just a tidbit about about Lucas is he improved that line, um, calling out for his sister. Oh really? When his like voice cracked, I was just like, Oh God, his his little sister. I know. Oh man. Oh God. I mean, she's also like, I I didn't even like put her on my list, but she's, she's just been like better and better each season. I'm so glad that they've kept her and that they like continue to give her more to do because she's excellent. Um, I really enjoyed how like there actually is this like through story and that ever now we're getting to this place where like everything is connecting, which I'm sure we could talk about like what we want, you know, in the next season, but I'm, it, it is like wild. And you know, now on social media, all I'm seeing is just like, uh, here's, here's what, here's all the Easter eggs and the spoilers and the blah, 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 because like everyone's going back now and being like, well, this, this really connected. Like it's, it's truly like the Charlie day, like the red, uh, the red yarn connecting to everything. everything and I, yeah. I love it. Um, and the last thing that I'll say is, um, the Robin scene in the psychiatrist's office was excellent. Um, and, and yeah, those are, those are my, oh, I didn't even really give that many gripes. I just talked about my <laughs> likes. I thought Russia, the Russia stuff wasn't for me. That's, that was my least favorite. Also, uh, we, um, whoever does Will's wig should be fired. Um, and <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, those are my gripes. My boy took an L with that wig this season. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even, it's like the worst. I don't understand how a bowl could make that hair because it's like, it just. <laughs> I mean, Joyce has dressed these children hard. Like, the L is a literal <laughs> little Joyce in those first couple episodes. Mm, and yes. her hair is also equally, her wig is pretty terrible too. I, I guess this is intentional. Like, Joyce just like doesn't have a sense of fashion. But like, mm-hmm. even Jonathan's hair, I'm like, can't just, oh God. But let me tell you what wig was fantastic was L's shaved head wig. Yes. Yes. Because they that- did such a good job. I mean, they were holding in all of she her She got hair. a lot of hair in real life. She got a lot of hair. And that was a how very you do that. nicely done wig. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. fantastic. <laughs> Jamie, do you have any more gripes or is that your... Uh, no, I think that's it. Uh, okay. I, I, I think I covered enough. <laughs> fantastic. Brian, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I definitely agree with a lot of what everyone has said. Um, I agree with... I think Mike was a step down and uh, and I, I just... I. 
I also didn't love the plot point that like she needed his love to like break out of that. I, I was not a huge fan of that. Like we all know Elle could have like, I don't know. I didn't like that. Like relying on the, the male love in order for her to like reach her full potential. Didn't like that. Mm. Um, can we just, can we just sit on this one for one second? This mic bit just have, I have one more thought and I don't know if we'll get to talk about it later. Yeah, sure. Is that fine? Yeah, of course. I just was getting, I think you're right, Brian. This is not the same kid. All We knew that the I love you was going to come back because he withheld it at the beginning. Fine. Right. But like, this is the same boy who jumped off a cliff to help his friends in season one. And then in this one, he's like not going to comfort a boy that's probably mostly, probably definitely crying next to him in a car. How do you not? Yeah. Like, how do you not pick up and think about if Lucas or if Dustin had been in the car? They're just the emotional intelligence level to me is so vastly different now. And I don't know if it's intentional, but I was just getting like Order of the Phoenix, Harry vibes all the time through Mm. Mike in this at this (laughs) season. But you don't have Ron and Hermione to push back on him and interrogate it and be like, why are you being like this? Or like, why? what's up with you? You just don't have that as much. So that's, actually, that's all I want to say. Thank but you. that's interesting because I'll add to that just <laughs> momentarily is that he kind of also plays a very similar character in the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie where like he's just kind of like this like he's a little bit more um, – um, uh, he has more like sharp comments and stuff like that. But like he's also kind of that more like cynical teenager like i don't want to do this or like this or that like i feel like he like was all of a sudden you get to a certain age as as a human being and all of a sudden they're writing him a little differently when he had a very different like feel when he was younger i I don't know anyway um i i understand what you're saying but mike was definitely one for me i agree with jamie the hopper stuff in russia wasn't my favorite he's charismatic so watching him in those scenes is very fun um i also like the dynamic between him joyce and um what's his name murray, murray. however the Ru- and and the new russian friend guard was awesome like all the characters in that those sequences were great but I kind of just felt it like it was shoehorned in there. I didn't really, and maybe this is just me. I didn't fully understand how them like fighting the the demogorgons and the demo dog, the demo dogs, whatever in um, in Russia was like helping the kids. Like by like fighting them in Russia, were they like keeping them from like entering and like exiting over in Hawkins? Can someone explain that to me? Because like I was not clear to me at all. Go ahead, Joanna. <laughs> I, I can't explain it, but I want to say I think this is, Brian, your question is pivotal to understand season five because the dust going into them is something that they really want us to know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that it was not clear. I do not think it's just you. Yes, it went into them. But but I think that that the, the dust is going to be uh, something we need to understand to for the next season. Okay. But so I think we're asking the right question, but I, d- I don't have any answers. Okay. Do you guys? Not really. I mean, my only thought is uh, that because these things are a hive mind, like they said, and if you hurt part of it, then the whole is, is hurt for a little bit, which is what they say, you know, like if we, get if we kill these things that are here in Russia then maybe we can buy them some more time we're not saying we'll save them but maybe we can hurt the bigger thing long enough to like assist in whatever is going on but I also think it's a matter of because this is a hive mind you don't want them anywhere in the world so why not if you're still there just go ahead and kill them you know if you have if you have the capability because 
they could jump to wherever, get to wherever else. I mean, they got brought to Russia, you know. So I think it's just a matter of like, this is an evil. Let's kill it since we're here. Okay, <laughs> now. I'll buy that. Um, yeah. The other things I want to mention is I, I just think that one of the true – a lot of shows cannot do this. They don't have the ability to do this. But what this show does when it introduces new characters deeper into the series and makes you feel things about them, whether they are positive feelings like Eddie, like uh, Robin and Maya Hawke's performance, like introducing these new characters and us like totally buying into the fact that like they would mesh with this group, they would become a part of this group um, is, is a, is a, is a, characteristics of, of this show that they just execute so well and that's the same on the flip side you them introducing like the chrissy character or any of the varsity jacket guys like you you hate the varsity jacket guys right up front and they do such a good job of making you like hate it even more um and just for them to for them to introduce these characters let them have moments where you decide they're obviously pointing you in the direction they want you to whether you like them or not because like i i forget that his name the um the 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 varsity jason yeah jason like guy yeah like jason like at first you think like you get he's making the speech you're like okay here's the like 80s yuppie white boy in school but he actually mm-hmm. doesn't come off as a total asshole at first he doesn't right. he's like leading the team he like wants to include lucas like like all these things but the second that like something bad happens to him or someone like all of a sudden his like his his middle class white privilege like takes over immediately and like and then you have the whole like evil dies tonight sequence where that he's starting it and like and and you just start to hate him more, even though you started like it was just really well done. Like especially his character, and then they, and then they did him dirty, where he just got sucked into that hole at the end. Oh like, yes. you know, like, oh like, yeah, <laughs> like that that just like he got fucked over yeah. in particular. But, Rest right. in peace, yeah. Jason. Right. But my point being is that whether they introduce us to an Eddie character who up front you're just like he's kind of mean to these kids, or whether they yes. introduce the Jason where it's like Jason's like oh he's kind of nice to these kids surprisingly, and then they flip those two feelings you have for them is just like a masterclass and like new character introductions. And I thought that was an absolute positive thing. I agree with Jamie, the horror element of everything, especially in part one was awesome. Um, I really liked, um, usually I hate this. Usually I hate when they make somebody more important than they, they are. For instance, Andrew Garfield in the amazing Spider-Man movies. All of a sudden, Peter Parker is like the key to everything. Like, no, he's just some kid who got bit by a spider. That's what's exciting about him. Or like in the new James Bond movies, like Spectre was behind all the bad guys because he's James Bond's brother. Like all of that stuff is just like, like, nah, thank you. However, I thought it made a lot of sense in this one how they tied in the Vecna as number one and Eleven was the one who actually trapped him and like created the rip. Like that's why Hawkins was affected. That's why these kids were pulled in. Like to me, that totally made sense and did not bother me at all by tying it all together. Whereas in a lot of mm-hmm. other things right now where they try to make this big conspiracy in pop culture, I'm like, it pulls me out of it. So I was super happy with how they tied that together. So um, I'm, I'll stop there for now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just so dense. All of these episodes, you can have, you know, an hour long discussion about just one of the episodes. But I'll just piggyback off of what Brian initially said about Eddie's character, because I absolutely agree. When we're first introduced to him, I was thinking to myself, this is not a nice human being. Why are these kids hanging out Mm. with this guy? And I didn't like him until they actually had the D&D game, which was a fantastic sequence of the Mm. Sinclairs succeeding with the D&D and with the basketball game. And of course, you know, it's it's going to happen. There's going to be a reason that Lucas comes off of the bench and, you know, makes the goal. But I just thought that how they filmed that sequence was wonderful. And then seeing the humanity and likability of Eddie in that moment just turns your brain on. Okay. It's he's another Steve, like they've also presented. He's there to help the kids. All right, we're in it. Uh, I loved absolutely everything about volume one. I even enjoyed everybody being separated because it gave a sense of them trying to figure themselves out without each other. And that's what you do in high school. That's what you do when you're a teenager. You're figuring yourself out. And so And I enjoyed the pacing of it. Also, just saying in volume one. (laughs) So all of the Russia stuff, I enjoyed. It was great. I was living for Hopper trying to get out, you know, and Joyce trying to find him. And, you know, Elle trying to figure out her way in high school and being the typical nerdy kid and wanting to be popular, which is kind of a, a little... I mean, I guess because she doesn't have her friends with her, but a little bit, a part of me was kind of like, why do you want to be popular? Like, girl, you've been, you had these great friends and you were doing all these things. Like, what's making you want to be popular now? But it's not really a gripe. It was just a thing I noticed. Uh, But yeah, I loved everything. And then volume two, I just didn't really like a lot of the pacing of it. I thought that things slowed down a lot. And like you mentioned, Joanna, when Steve was up on the wall for 30 minutes, I thought that whole timing of everything was Mm. crazy because then you have... Erica slowly dying for 30 minutes. Yes. But then you have like Erica pinned down on the floor for the same 30 minutes. And I'm like cringing on the inside of that entire scene in general. And, you know, because they're trying to give you the story of what's happening with Max and Elle trying to get to Max. But then the timing just seems like this is too long of a time that is passing for these things that are happening. So uh, with that, I kind of, did like the Russia stuff more. I thought it was just more actiony, like getting fighting the monsters, and here we are, where as the whole last episode was the kids leading up to fighting, and then that didn't really happen until like the last 45 minutes of the two and a half hour thing. Um, which I know you have to plan and do all that stuff, but it was just kind of a little slow pacing for me. I also feel like Max should have died. Oh, I think that I if you're gonna kill her, kill her, you mean? Yes. If you're gonna kill her, kill her. Also, because I feel like that raises the stakes more, in my opinion, than Hawkins just being now emerged in the upside down. Mm. I don't think that's... I definitely have thoughts about what I think they might use her for, potentially, for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, God, so many TikTok theories. (laughs) Oh, you're right, though, Nikisha. Like, are you going to do it or not? Like, it's kind of a weird... They said the Duffer brothers said that there were going to be like a body count at the end of this season. And like, yeah, there, there was, but also, but it was characters that we weren't attached to necessarily besides, you know, Eddie, which we kind of figured that that was going to 
possibly happen. Like we know that that's in the thing. And then everybody was saying, oh, Steve is going to be like the next one. Yeah, that's, that was whatever. the big one. Um, but no, yeah, it just, it. <laughs> it felt like if you're going to do this, do this. And I think that that would give more of an urge for the kids to really be trying to save everything and, and, and save the town. I also feel there's a theory running around about the mom being somewhat associated with the upside down in Vecna, which I really hope that that is a case because I feel like that would be an interesting thing. Um, talking about Mike's and Nancy's mom. Oh yeah. I saw it there where she's like Vecna's sister or something like that. I saw that too. Yes. Sarah uh, Bono. Oh my God. Love her. Love. Just because, I don't know. I just feel like, the, I mean, the gripe that I have with this whole entire thing is that the parents in this are absolutely idiotic and insane. And that's something <laughs> Mr. that- Mr. Wheeler I, is the worst offender. Truly, <laughs> you didn't hear your, you're two feet away from your kids who are spilling out this entire plan and you just don't well, hear If There's anything. something so, so 80s right, about right. it. Like, yes. It's non-existent, yes. non-present parents, which I'm sure- you know, anyway. Well, yeah. I do want to say something about that. So th- this show is interesting. This is going to be crazy. This show does something better than what Glee did, if if you will. Um, <laughs> one of my biggest problems with the TV show Glee is that everything, there was no consistency with how adults were in that world. And, mm. and, and, and like, like if 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 Sue is going to be a monster in the school, but then she has a segment outside of the school on the t- local TV channel where she's just as much as a cuckoo pants. But then you have parents who like are kind of totally normal, like um, Michael Malley playing his the what he calls father, like like mm-hmm. actually being like a grounded character, like. I just had a lot of problem with how that consistency worked. And I just think that's also, I also, I'm not a huge Ryan Murphy fan in general. How, and I think he just throws in a lot of the kitchen sink and like has some really fun characters and fun moments, but overall narratively it's, he's not my favorite. Okay. Going back to stranger things, something that I think stranger things balances really well. And I don't know how they do it is like making it feel grounded in a totally unrealistic situation, but also making you feel like it's actual 80s and fake nostalgia 80s all at the same time. So when the parents are kind of dummy heads, um, that bothers me less because somehow, some way, they're really balancing all of it. And that's a really hard thing because it's the writing, it's the directing, it's the special effects, it's the actors all being on the same page, which is why I think that the first Twilight movie is spectacular because totally... Everybody's on the same page. It's not good, but tonally, everybody from the director to the you know screenplay writer to Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, they're all on the same page about what that melodramatic tone of that movie is. And that's why the following movies, they take it so seriously that the tone – when it, when that melodramatic weird tone comes back, especially in the last two, it's totally – it's funny. It's not like you don't buy into it. Anyway – that being said, I want to go around because we're we're doing likes and gripes. What was your Wait, Nikisha finish hers? Yeah, no, I, I'm. Oh, good. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to go around and hear what your favorite moment was in season four, but you cannot copy somebody else here. No duplicates. <laughs> okay. I'll try to follow these rules. Mm, well, now you have to pick. You have to pick who's going first. Mm. Oh, um, uh, Nikisha, you go first. 
Okay. Uh, and then there's just so and then you many. pick who goes next. Okay. Wow, I had a moment. Oh, so one moment where I was like, yes, high five girl power was when they were at the mental institution, Robin and Nancy, and Mm -hmm. they're about to, the the guy is about to send them off. And then Robin goes into this whole big spiel about, oh my God, I put on this fucking bra, like, and these heels because I want to do this and you need to let us go talk to Victor Creel. And I just thought that that was a awesome badass moment and i absolutely love the relationship between nancy and robin i think that they are awesome girl power characters yeah uh, you Jamie. took mine you took mine and then you picked me <laughs> <laughs> um okay so uh it's so hard all right i i i will take the scene where in part two, when Max is trying to go into her memories so that she's able to like mm. be Vecna, but he actually gets into her memories. The inception. And, <laughs> yes. he. It is inception. Yes. Thank you. And she's in the, like the, the dance, but everything slowly like starts to get decrepit and like turns into something gross and and awful. And it's just like this, Oh crap moment where like she thought she bested him, but actually he's, he's besting her. And it's, it's like, it's scary. And, and so that's what I'm going to pick. It's those blood Um, balloons. (laughs) Yeah. They pop it. Pretty gruesome. Yes. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll request that for my next birthday party. (laughs) Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Joanna. Thank you, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my favorite moment, hands down, was the light bright scene. Um, when they finally figured out a way to communicate to each other through Ooh, the upside yes. down. Um, and they use a light bright, no less. Like that was just, uh, just like, hi, <laughs> exclamation. <laughs> like just, uh, it was so good. Um, also, sorry, I just had to say one more. This is sort of an aside, but the subtitles, if you were using them, flesh distended wetly, like oh squelching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Tentacles undulating moistly. Like we have to give it up to these the subtitles. Whoever is doing these, like just a round of applause. Yes, okay. uh, Brian. I guess I'll pick you. Sure. Um, I do not condone violence, but when she hit her with the skate, that was truly. One of the, it brought so much joy to me because she was so mean to her for no reason. When she, when she hit her with the skate, that, that girl got everything she deserved. Yes. I'm sorry. Like a crunch or something. Also, if I was Mike, I would not have gone to the DJ. I would have gotten onto the skate rink and like took the camera away and pulled her out of there. Like what was it? It It's like stopping the music. The kids were going to be like, oh, the music's done. We can stop making fun of her. Our yeah, heart, ladies and gentlemen, our heart of the group. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I would. Um, that this that moment was great. Some some. I'm assuming some other ones would be uh, Eddie on the roof playing Metallica. Um, Incredible. Sadie. Sink. Oh, can I say something about that? Yeah. The that people figured out what song it was by in the silence by like 
breaking apart like his finger position that's crazy there were theories about the song anyway um sadie sink max trying to escape vecna in that amazing sequence in part one um Mm -hmm. the vecna reveal at the end of part one um those are some other some great ones nikisha you put your hand up for a second yeah i just have a general question for the group and just because i would love clarity on the character of jonathan and mm. him and Argyle, which I thought was like super cute and, of course, you know, 80s California weed heads. Okay, great. But it seemed to me that I never really thought of Jonathan as someone who was a slacker, just somebody who uh, was an outsider, maybe not one of the popular kids. But in his own right, he still, you know, was looking after his family and his stuff. And maybe I'm just not remembering what the other seasons were. But it just seemed really weird that... He had this whole like, okay, now I'm a weed head and now I don't like care really about anything. I don't want to know what's going on type vibe. Did any of you guys pick up on that or notice that or did that not bother you? Am I just not remembering Jonathan? Correctly? I, I I read it in in all honesty. I think I think you're totally onto something. And I think the difference between him and this one is like a slacker pothead versus just like him being an outsider and the other one taking his family mm-hmm. is very clear. I read it as because he was away from Nancy and he knows her to be a like like let's get this done kind of person i feel like the out of sight out of mind that he was potentially feeling he was like projecting on her and he was using the pot and whatnot to kind of escape those feelings he was away from all of them um he didn't know if he was going to school and like the whole school thing. And like, he felt guilty about having to like, is he going to dedicate his life to going to school with this person because leaving his family? I saw all of that kind of having him shut down internally, which he apologizes for at the end of this season. Um, okay. That's how I saw it. Less of like him becoming a slacker and more him becoming like truly disassociating from everything because there's just so much to deal with and focusing on, Nothing. He essentially had so much to do that he focused on nothing. He didn't focus on his family. He didn't focus on his girlfriend. He didn't focus on anything except for that. That's how I saw it. Let me know if anyone else sees it decept differently. I wanted to say that I, yeah, I think out of if they were going to do a stoner piece to all this, I think Jonathan is like voted most likely to maybe because you're not yeah. going to make. I don't want that for Steve. I really don't, and I don't oh, want that for, sure. for Eddie. So maybe that, but also. I got the sense that he's one of those guys that just we all or guys or girls that we all know that, you know, they just they just go through these phases and, and you're like, what? Like you were mm. this different. Like how how crazy as you're in those formative years that just, you know, you get into a phase or a trend and it's just like from you. I don't know. That's yeah. all. I let it go yeah, for it. that. But yeah. OK, that was all I wanted to ask. I'll take that. <laughs> Can I ask a general question? Yeah, sure. yeah. That is. What do you all feel about the, do you think that streaming a binge, do you think, do you think that this show is suffering or that Netflix is making the wrong choice, making this a binge versus a week to week? Do you think it hurts the show, especially now that we got this gap in it and we know how that felt, uh, the long gap, let's get, say, what, I just want to know what you, what all of your thoughts and feelings are about this as a whole with Netflix and the fact that this is like their tentpole show, one of them and what the streaming model is now and a show like this, which, you know, mm-hmm. watching three hours of stranger things is actually not crazy at all. When you're binging it, watching a three hour episode to some sounds crazy, yeah. but when you think about it, maybe it's not, but anyway, what do you all think? 
I'm trying to compare it to the boys. You know, that's a week to week thing and how I feel about having to wait another week. I personally don't have any stake in the game either way. If, if everything comes out at once, great. If it's week to week, great. But I understand what you mean about the waiting period. I mean, even if it was week to week, how everything is set up now because of COVID and, and you know, the filming, you're still, we're still going to be waiting a long time to get Stranger Things, even if this was a week to week moment. So yeah. I guess for me, it's, I know that we're going to be waiting for another season anyway. So drawing out this season as a week to week thing doesn't help or harm it. I just wonder if it, if it, uh, it stops the conversation so soon. Like Netflix, do you want to be in the like be at the mm. water cooler a little longer? You know, like the seasons. I don't know, Brian. What do you think? Oh no, Jamie, go for it. Oh, I was just gonna say that like even with their their model of how they drop the episodes, I do think that Netflix is really smart about kind of like outside of just that frequency, how are they keeping the conversation going? And like using TikTok as an example of TikTok and Spotify. So like with TikTok, you know, they have been reposting the episode. I think it was like four when like Sadie first gets taken by Vecna and then they play the music and then she is saved and reposting it saying like, what song would save your life? And then they double down by partnering with Spotify and having Spotify make a playlist of what are the songs that would save you from Vecna. And like, that is wildly clever. Their marketing team is very smart. And like, I think that that is a really effective way outside of just the releases of the episodes and, and when they're doing that to keep the conversation going. As well as like, they split up the season, which they, I mean, they didn't really need to do that, but they did that, yeah. you know, probably to keep the conversation going. And there's something to say about that versus like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I agree with like those last two episodes needing to be that long and they probably could have just broken them up, but I think it was intentional that they split it to release later, probably for like exactly what you're talking about to keep the conversation going. But I think that there's something to say for the efforts that they're putting in outside of just the releasing of the, of the season. Yeah. I mean, they now have on TikTok what you can do at yourself with Eddie playing the uh, Metallica <laughs> song. <laughs> it's just so much. Yeah. They're, they're busy on TikTok. Yeah. I think that Netflix committed to the binge model. Uh, and that's what they're doing. However, Disney plus week to week with Kenobi and Mandalorian and whatnot, like, and, and Grogu and all that, like they, they, the, the conversation goes on week to week there. Um, but I, I personally love getting it all at once and being able to like parse it out however I want to. It just becomes social media wise. It becomes hard because you need to you need to really binge them if you don't want to get spoiled if you're just scrolling on social media. So there are pros and cons, but the bottom line to me is that Netflix committed to this. The only time they do weekly is if it's a TV show that's actually airing like Great Great British Baking Show. But like they committed to it and that's that's what they're going to do like Jamie said, like that was spot on. Like yeah, you're right. splitting it into two kept the conversation going over the course of the summer. Then the merch, wearing all the merch, TikTok, social media. Now the Stranger Things experience is happening after you've seen the season like all that kind of stuff so i think that's where it is so taking another segment from talking horror we're gonna go into 
are so spicy. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> so here is the time when we ask Jamie any of our burning mental health human behavior questions that this season may have brought up that we're curious. Nikisha, you've always got good ones. Let's start with you. Yes. So I'm not going to take up too much of your time because, again, there's so much. But, Jamie, I would love, love, love your thoughts on the school counselor that was counseling these kids. And I want to know in the scene when Max goes to the counselor's house and she's asking questions about Chrissy. This is after Chrissy's death. And the counselor doesn't give her anything. Is that keeping to code? Should she have helped? And I'm asking because this is somebody who has passed away. So do the rules not apply? And then just give me your general thoughts about the therapist. Yeah. Um, I like again, I have to, you know, reach deep into my uh, brain lobes to remember all the things that happened in volume one. But oh man, I felt so I I, I kind of felt bad when she had her files stolen. Um uh, that yeah. made me very nervous. Like a HIPAA violation. Or I know, but she I mean, she had them in a locked cabinet. So like what happens if somebody breaks into said locked cabinet and steals the records? Like, are you still liable? That's a question I should ask my mm. uh, liability um, company, but maybe not because then they might have more questions for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've been watching a lot of Stranger Things and I have a concern. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried. Um, but yeah, I mean, like HIPAA, you know, we hear HIPAA thrown around, but HIPAA is a law that does protect our personal health information and mm-hmm. not just mental health professionals, but like all licensed health professionals are bound by, um, by this law to not share any of your personal health information with anybody that you don't consent to. So even And I also, I guess I haven't really thought, I mean, luckily I haven't had to deal with a situation where one of my clients has passed away Mm -hmm. and folks have requested information. But, um, I mean, as far as I know, um, unless there is like a written consent or some kind of like court order subpoena, um, that like HIPAA, HIPAA runs deep and you really shouldn't be sharing any of that information with anybody else. Um, you know, despite like what, despite what Max needed and like, obviously we were like, come on, Max, you can do it. But like the therapist part of me was like, Max, no, (laughs) stop. Don't get her in trouble. She's just trying to do her job. Yeah. That was going to be my next question too, in a court situation. So that would be the only reason that you would share that information. Like if you're trying to figure out if there's foul play in somebody's death or, or whatever the case may be, you know, then they can ask for the therapist to kind of share what's going on and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. I guess in, in some, I I mean, I have mixed feelings about it, but I think it depends on like the context, but, um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, it can happen in family court. It can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, I mean, it shouldn't happen all the time because, psychotherapy notes are like protective information, but like for certain situations, somebody can argue to a judge why it's necessary to have access to what are otherwise confidential notes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then a judge can order a subpoena for either the counseling records or the therapist themselves. So, um, which is why it's important to have liability insurance and 
to have like access to, um, you know, like lawyers and legal advocates to, to ensure that you are like complying, but also still upholding the bounds of confidentiality and trying to protect your client's information. Yeah, absolutely. So she was in the right. This is one of those moments because we've watched a lot of horror movies where the therapist, psychiatrist, they just weren't doing the job they needed to do. But this school counselor, she was following all of the, the, the rules, even though we wanted Max to get the information like she did her job. Sure. Yeah. It, okay. it was, it was <laughs> upsetting. <Sure. laughs> we- I mean, if you want to talk about on the flip side, yeah. a, a mental health professional who like <laughs> maybe didn't do a good job, we can look at the psychiatrist, psychologist. I don't know. I don't remember if he was a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I think he was a psychiatrist. I, I think, think so too. And that's exactly what I was about to ask you on the flip mm-hmm. side. Let's talk about him. Oh man. You mean the orderly? <laughs> you mean him? No, oh. no. Like, uh, the, when Nancy and Robin, Robin go to the mental health facility oh, yes. him, yes. to meet with, um, Beckna's father, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I'm going Victor, to call him Victor father, Creel, AKA yeah. what a cameo. What a I, cameo. I was freaking out when they revealed Robert England, like dying again, yeah. like just going so hard with the nightmare on Elm street. I love mm. it. I was so happy that he was there. Yes. Um, but AKA Vecna's Vecna's daddy. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it just, it's so, this was like very stereotypical psychiatrist in my opinion. But then, I mean, I loved, I loved Robin in that scene, but the fact that like it got him, I was like, Oh, he's not, that's not, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Why are you letting these like young people just like interview an, a, a a patient? Like that's, that's pretty messed up. Like just speaking to his ego and did not care for that. Um, and maybe he should have like, you know, done the research that he did before he just like casually let them in and without any support whatsoever. He's like, yes, uh, we don't need any like orderlies or anybody watching. Anybody That's down there, also, right. why is he in like a dungeon? What is this <laughs> mental health institution that right. we're walking into yes. here? Um, yeah, not that, that doesn't, that doesn't sit right with me. Speaking along the lines of that whole entire scene. And then we get to the famous music component of all of this. Can you give me your thoughts, knowledge of, is that a real thing? Is, I mean, I know there's, you know, music therapy, right? There's people who uh, study that. So can you just talk to us about um, your knowledge about how music can help in the instances of mental health? I mean, I, I can't speak to anything like specific because I'm not a music therapist. However, I mean, I think that there's like music is one example of one thing that can help bring a sense of like calm and help people like manage anywhere on the spectrum of like mental illness or anything that they might be dealing with. And so like, I don't think it's far-fetched to say, to use music as the tool in, in this particular show to say that like, it's a compelling enough, uh, source of like support and comfort in, in moments where like you might be struggling and like, you know, I mean, not only music, but like, I mean, 
podcasts, TV shows, movies, mm-hmm. video games, reading, writing, journaling, like exercise. I mean, there's so many things that can be that thing. And so music is, I mean, it's easily digestible, I think, for the purpose of like this particular show to use that as the as the source of comfort for for patients in this particular situation. Yeah. I have a question for Jamie, mm. if I may. Mm. Yes. Um, so, well, two things. One, this season didn't. Please correct me if I'm wrong. The season seems to be about memories and trauma, and I see it mostly with Max and Eleven. Max sort of is haunted by her traumatic memories and the Billy of it all, but can hide in our happier ones. And then you have Elle, who's trying to work through her trauma or her traumatic memories, things that she's repressed, I guess. in order to regain her happier, her powers, literally in this sense. And then there's like, yeah, and then there's Victor with his memories unlocking a lot of things. Um, Do do you think, you know, it it sort of points to like all of these traumas and memories can either help you or if you work through them carefully, slowly, like methodically, they can help you. Do you think that I'm far off? Do you also, do you think that they did this well? If so, and do you have any thoughts on the matter? <laughs> just generally. Yeah. Just like the idea of like how, like what role memories play and like processing memories, especially of like a traumatic or several yeah. traumatic Yeah. And is this all now. sort of believable and like important? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think you're right in that like we're seeing it from different perspectives and, and like we've talked a lot about trauma on talking horror. And so it's, you know, par for the course that we continue to talk about it. Um, but I definitely think, yeah, like with, um, with Max, we're seeing her haunted by trauma. And I mentioned survivor's guilt before, like she, she survived where Billy died. Billy sacrificed himself to, to like save her. And it's that moment of like, it's really interesting. It's that moment because we've only seen Billy just like basically be a dick, but like, this is, this is his like turning point, but then we don't actually see a turning point because it's short lived because he dies. And I think like both the fact that, you know, what could have become of their relationship and like that whole hypothetical, but also everything that she like in part two, when she is speaking to Vecna about like, you know, how she, how there was this sense of relief when he did die because of like all of the pain that, you know, being with him, like being a, becoming a family with him put her through and like the kind of person that he was. And, and then like also feeling badly about that in, in like sometimes more than other times. But I mean, I think that, you know, it's, it's like, doubling down like the trauma of like his death and then like her her living and like what that meant for their relationship gets doubled down because then she feels worse that she like is slightly happy that he Mm. survived so it's like carrying all of that and like never being able to admit that out loud which is why she breaks up with Lucas and pushes everyone away because like that's a really hard thing like then she's like you know, likely labeling herself as a bad person. And that's why she's keeping everyone at an arm's length because like 
what kind of person would want their, their brother to die and what kind of person would like think these thoughts and, you know, like all of that. So like her trauma is like continuing to punish herself for, you know, maybe what she believes she had a part in or that she like wished for that came true. Um, and so like, I think, you know, all of these conflicting emotions definitely comes, comes through survivor's guilt and surviving a trauma. And then on the flip side with 11, um, you know, something we've talked about with specifically trauma and memories is that like trauma does a lot of really weird things to the brain. One of the things it does is like it messes with our ability to, to codify and then later recall those memories. And so it makes a lot of sense that the trauma of, um, you know, having, having contributed to one's release and then his subsequent murdering of everybody in that facility, um, that like she feels incredibly guilty for that. And then like taps into a power that like she didn't even know that she had and then like vanquishes him to, you know, the upside down, not even realizing it, like all of that. And then feeling further guilty because then uh, Papa Brenner comes in and is like, what did you do? And like her, you know, recall of that is that she thinks that she killed everyone, but later it's actually like just the role that she played in releasing one. And so like, we have to like go back and revisit those memories, which I might add what you said about like the careful part of that. Yeah, (laughs) I I love the difference between like the one doctor who's like, maybe we shouldn't push her. And he's like, he's like, this is all bad and crazy and terrible. And like, you're gonna do it. And, and I'm just like, what, what on earth is going on here? Um, yeah, not careful, not, you know, not kind, not supportive. It's just like, gotta push and push until we unlock her true powers. I mean, Papa is a villain, right? Yeah. Papa is not, not great. He thought he cared about her, but like, did he really though? (sighs) Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't stand Papa. Um, I, I was, I was okay with his uh, demise, yes, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like it's, and then you have like that end conversation, but like finally the showdown between Vecna and Eleven, where she's saying like, I, you know, Papa did this to you, and he's like, no, it's like you're actually to blame. Like, how is that then going to layer into everything else that she's already been? Now that all of this has been revealed to her. How does that like tap into what she's walking away with? And does she now also feel guilty about what happened with Max? Like we talk about Max not actually dying, but Max is in a coma. And at the very end, when she's like trying to go into her mind, like we got nothing. So, you know, is Max just back in body and not in soul and spirit? Like is is Max now? I mean, yeah, I don't want to get into my like future <laughs> predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, I'll that. hold yeah. off. But yeah, I wonder like, you know, how is Eleven then carrying, like, was it selfish for her to bring Max back because she felt guilty and like right. feels responsible for yeah. all of this? So um, yeah, trauma, trauma's a bitch. Beautifully answered. Ooh. Thank you, Jamie. Yes, that's great. <laughs> that is all the questions, ma'am. One cool, interesting thing, the satanic panic, like this period, 
was real. And I yes. think because yes. I saw somebody, some younger person online, not to ageify uh, or whatever the <laughs> word is, but like some younger person was like, this is stupid. Like everything, like they're just like blaming it on. And I'm like, no, no, no. Well, I didn't say this, but in my head, right. I was like, this is real. Yes. And I thought that was awesome and like perfect for the season, obviously. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, that apparently Eddie Munson is based off of one of the West Memphis three, Damian yep. Eccles. Um, that was really awesome. Um, and yeah, just like highlighting the satanic panic of it all. Like that's also like one of my, I really enjoy satanic panic in oh, yeah. I'm horror sure genre. So Absolutely. Um, yes, was, was very excited yeah. that that's like a key part of this. Evil dies tonight. Literally about to say that. <laughs> um, so two questions. Well, one question. So this this season, maybe more than other seasons, have kind of tried to incorporate a little bit more of like LGBT experiences into this. So you have the two very prominent ones. You have the Maya Hawk character who kind of comes out to Steve last season. And in this season is like actively, I mean – I'll say like reactively act, however you want to say it, like pursuing this other girl, obviously not telling anybody. This is still a secret, obviously, but like it's a little bit more positive of a spin on uh, a gay character that is with a grain of salt, that is with asterisks and all of that stuff because it's still the 80s. And then on the flip side, you have the more subtle one with Will where, again, nothing has been said, but we're taking from context clues that like, you know, and I've, I've, um, uh, I've definitely heard stories. Again, I have not had this experience, but I've heard stories of like your first kind of sexual awakening as a gay person is sometimes like, your friend or something that like you, you know, cause you're going through all these hormones and these emotions as you're growing up with your other friends who are also experiencing these emotions for, you know, w- with whatever gender or sex they, they feel as if, you know, they're compatible with or they're attracted to. So I, I want to hear your take on kind of like these two depictions of um, LGBTQIA plus characters in uh, the context of the eighties and in stranger things and the context of like, male versus female at least how these characters present in this in this series yeah i mean i like also just to to put in i think that they kind of sidelined robins a little bit do we all agree with that like i feel like that was one of the storylines that kind of went by the wayside in amidst everything or is it just me i actually yeah i was gonna say i'm kind of not i'm i'm a little disappointed overall at yeah. the LGBTQ representation and like how they are unfolding these stories. I'm I'm not totally keen on on like Will's like come like trying to identify his identity and like making sense of all of that. And like mostly because I feel like I don't know, I loved the conversation with his brother, but it it felt too little too late. Like, man, that I, I just feel like it would have been so much more powerful earlier on. And like, especially with Mike just, you know, miking it all up over here. I don't know what the heck is going on with him. I'm just so over it. Mike and it I'm like, Mike, Mike is just not it right now. And Our so heart. like I'm yeah, the the heart is is more like a fart, and yeah. it's just really, it's just really disappointing. So like, I'm it, it's interesting like how they are how they are exploring it within the context of like this time period, but like I don't know, I 
it just is disappointing. And then you have the Robin piece where it also just like doesn't really it it feels like they're trying to use it as like a foil to um to Steve and Nancy, but like it's also like then they then that's not resolved at the end either so it's just kind of like why they even throw this in here yeah um and kind of felt like they just like shoehorned robin in as a lesbian so that she's not able to have that relationship with steve but they don't really like flesh it out too much further so i agree all in all i would say like i'm not very impressed i'm a little bit disappointed i hope it gets better in mm. the final season. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel like there's a lot they can do with it. And so it'll be really interesting, but I even felt like some of it was better before maybe in like the last season where Will is speaking more on like this disconnect with his friends and how mm-hmm. they're way more interested in relationships now. Cause all of them now have girlfriends except for him. Yeah. And like, he's, he's feeling like the odd one out. And I was like, cool. This is like, we're going to get it. And then I just, I wasn't, I, I, I'm not really a fan. Sure. I liked the conversation at the end because it's when they let the audience like be smart and not like handed it to us. Mm-hmm. I like the, their discussion a lot. I thought that was just, and that was just a great performance from Charlie Heaton. I think too, that was a really nice mm-hmm. moment for him this season, probably the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there was an interview with Noah Schnapp who's, and he said that he, uh, he, he plays, um, uh, well, and he said that, you know, he's been in sort of, his character has been sort of in a state of like weird developmental, arrested development ish kind of because of his time in the upside down. But Mm. he definitely um, thought that that just sort of on top of this other, the fact that he's possibly coming into his feelings about being gay, that maybe, um, you know, it's just all, it's just makes him, I don't know. It's all just hard times for Will right now. Um, especially with that bowl cut <laughs> oh god and the bowl cut um <laughs> before we go into new segments uh what song would save you all from vecna mm. oh okay i've i have been thinking about this a lot and i'm referring to spotify who gives you you know your year rundown and gives you like yeah this is the song you listen to the most so i think as of right now um it's uh, by the 1975 uh, band, if you guys are familiar with them. It's a song called If You're Too Shy, Let Me Know. And I listen to it on repeat all the time. So I think that would be uh, my song. If you have not listened to the band, the 1975, they're fucking fantastic. Cool. Oh, I'm band. definitely going to put this down. Who's up next? Jamie? I, out of curiosity, I haven't actually clicked on like my personal upside down playlist, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently the number one song on here, I was not aware. It's Toxic by Britney Spears. <laughs> I didn't realize that that's Fantastic. what would save me from that. Oh, wow. So good to know. <laughs> it's a surprise to us all. That's amazing. I mean, it's a bot. Like you can't argue with Britney. Nope. No arguing with her. <laughs> um. So again, I have like three. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would not be what's in my Spotify. My Spotify is like jazz and like Oscar Peterson and Ella Fitzgerald. I don't think those would bring me out. Although Dream a Little Dream on Me is sort of in that wheelhouse. We never really mm. like I kind of wanted them to use that song to get him out of to get Vecna back in some way. But anyway, um, I probably it would be like either Brandy by Looking Glass, Olivia Newton-John Twist of Fate, which they used in Stranger Things. That was at the snowball in season two, mm-hmm. I think. Um, 
or maybe Mr. Uh, Blue Sky. Those three sure. Nice. So I just went into my Spotify list. <laughs> And uh, Stacy's mom would save me, I guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> do you play that a lot? I guess I do. No. I, I don't know. No. I did not play I had a lot. Nick put that on at one time. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff on here that would probably save me. Um, I think Eye to Eye from a Goofy movie would save me. That's good. Um, but uh, maybe something from like uh, Jack's Mannequin or something corporate would save me. But I, I, mm-hmm. I think Stacy's mom would save me as well. <laughs> oh my God. Not just the song, but, yeah, but actually yeah. her mom. But actually Stacey's um, mom. But yeah, let's, <laughs> uh, let's move it. Oh, wait, Jay, I have a question for Jamie. Sorry, real yeah. quick. Uh, Jamie, this is sort of some brains. Uh, do we, don't we think that there's a problem with the fact that Joyce sent her to a public school with her gaps and her education and her social skills. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, what is going on? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, what are you doing, Joyce? Also, yeah, I need to know more Papa? about this universe's um, uh, individualized education plan process and like IEPs. Where are they? Um, where, where are all of the, uh, I, you know, speech therapy and counseling and all of those services yeah. are missing? What's Zero. going on? Yeah. Also, she's like her. She, they're looking for Hopper. They're looking for her. She takes the last name Hopper. This is like giving Luke to Anakin's relatives. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh. Good question. Um, let's go into the nerd versus uh, segment uh, merchandise wish list. Hey, Daddy, I want a golden goose. Here we go again. You Um, what's one thing from this that you would want to buy if it was real or maybe it is real and you can buy it. Did I explain that right, Joanna? Yes. Just anything that you either want to purchase, it could be a pair of pants. It could be anything, or it could be something that if they merchandised such as the Hellfire Club t-shirt, you'd be like, I'm buying that. Really. It's, Mm -hmm. it's what you make of it. Um, I like to use this for anything I see fit, whether it's a great outfit in general or like a cool, funny icon or something that you wish you could take from the set. Like, I want Mike Myers' original mask that they, that they never could do again, right? Isn't that the yeah. story from Halloween? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know n- nothing about horror, but, like, <laughs> they could never get it right. And it was, like, on the – they used, like, a bucket to make it, and then they, they didn't think it would be significant. Anyway, sorry. Yes. <laughs> and now it's everywhere. Uh, I would take Eddie's guitar. <gasps> okay, guess what? You can have it. Oh. I'm so glad you said that. So BC Rich, you can get Eddie's guitar available in the upside down version and the right side up. So you can what? get it in relic crackle or liquid black. And Ooh. I think it's like nine, it's like $5,000 right now. I mean, that's right. But okay. yeah, so you can actually do that. They did like a special Stranger Things collab. Anyway, that's a great answer. Oh, but then does, does that not count because I can buy it now? Yeah, you're right. Pick another one. Oh. <laughs> just a fun fact. Okay. Um, okay. I would want any pizza that Argyle would make himself. <laughs> and I would eat it. So you like pineapple on pizza? I don't care what it is. As long as Argyle is making it, I will <laughs> eat it. So Good answer. But they do yeah, sell they do sell um, Stranger Things branded pizza in stores now, like yeah. in the fr- oh freezer section. No, you can have it though. No, you can buy something that's already available. It's fine. Great (laughs) example of how Netflix is going beyond the binge model and making sure it's a part of your everyday life. That's yeah, they're yeah, they're picking things that we're saying. They know what we want. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) 
Um, I'll go. Um, I want a. They haven't announced it yet, so this is why I want it. I want a um, uh, a Vecna Funko Pop. Of course, you do. Mm. They haven't announced. They they have all the other ones, and like Eddie's a Target exclusive and stuff like that. But um, they have not shown or not even exclusive or anything an actual Vecna Funko Pop. Like I would want it like the six inch one. Um, that's a little bit bigger than the smaller Funko Pops, but not one of the jumbo ones. Like so, that that's what I would want. Great answer. I'm yes. not surprised at all. The Funko needs to <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, Jamie, do you want to go? Sure. Um, I would like Max's cassette player. Mm, I'm going to assume that you mean like you'll take it from the set. Like I'm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Before it gets stepped on by Jason, that jerk. That's the worst. Um, okay. I would take two things, of course, because I can never just follow my own rules. Um, so Max has this, has this really cute yellow watch that I want. It's probably Ooh. like, I don't know. Yeah, I love it. And she's worn it in other seasons. So I really like that. And then I think I would want from the set, I would want um, Steve's jean vest <laughs> that he rocked <laughs> shirtless because guys, he looks great. Like I, like th- these Beautiful kids man. growing up, I have no problems with this. I mean, Finn Wolfhard is literally a giant. Like he's getting far too tall for this. But um, I have no problem with them aging. Like this, this is great. They're turning into like Teen Wolf time, like a hot teens in the city. Like great. Um, and then with that, we're getting them to take their clothes off now. Like, well, I mean, we're not getting them kids yet. But we're getting right. teens, but and Steve. I'm loving it. Yeah, Steve. Right, right, Me right. all this shirtless, Steve. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Okay, I think it's what, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yes. let's do some Rotten Tomatoes. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Okay, I need the three of you to try and guess the Rotten Tomatoes score of specifically season four of... Um, of Stranger Things, and we're going. W- I want to guess the actual, like, like the critics' tomato score. Um, so mm-hmm. let's go around. What do you think it is, friends? Oh, this is hard. Hmm. I'm gonna say critics' score. I'm gonna say 97. I'm just gonna go Nikisha's there. Nikisha's with a 97. Anybody else? Jamie, Joanna. I'm gonna say 94. Okay, 94 for Jamie, and. Uh, uh, Joanna, what's your guess on the Rotten Tomato score? Yeah, so you, so this is the, the critic. Uh, no, not critic. Yeah, the this critic score. Audience. Oh, um, I kind of want to say in the nineties too, but to be different, um, <laughs> I'll be pessimistic, I guess, and I'll say uh, eighty-seven. All right. Though I think it's ninety six, but anyway. it has an eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So Joanna wins that one. If Lord. we're playing, uh, yes. wait, why is it so low though? Unacceptable. <clears throat> uh, the <laughs> consensus is darker and denser than its predecessors. Stranger Things' fourth chapter sets the stage for the show's final season in typically binge worthy fashion. Actually, the audience score is also an eighty nine, but. I'm sure. Okay, that's. So if you, I'm sure your next question is, but what do the other three seasons have? Um, I was just going to ask. Season one has a ninety-seven uh, percent. Ex- it is a f- it's fabulous. Exciting, heartbreaking, and sometimes scary, Stranger Things acts as an addictive homage to Spielberg films and vintage nineteen eighties television. 
Season 2 has a 94%. Stranger Things' slow-building sophomore season balances moments of humor and a nostalgic sweetness against a growing horror that's all the more effective thanks to the show's full-bodied characters and evocative tone. And then Season 3 is also an 89 Ah, Stranger Things transforms itself into a riveting, if familiar, summer ride that basks in its neon-laden nostalgia without losing sight of the rich relationships that make the series so endearing. So can we each rank what our orders are now, favorites? Oh, now that yeah. We have a full season? Good, sure. Oh. I know Brian loves a rank. I love a good rank. Yeah. That's a great point. We on the nervous. <laughs> we love, love a good rank. <laughs> Um, so who feels like the least put on the spot and would like to go first? I I did put you all on the spot. I'm happy to go first. Go, Brian, go. In order of worst, my least favorite to my most favorite, I think it's two, three. Wait, this is your most favorite? Least. To most? Least to most. Okay, always do this. Okay. Sorry. All right. Two. Yes. Three. Four. One. That I will save some time. That is my exact order as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Whoa, we did it. We ran this game. <laughs> we can go. We saved so much time. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, I think <laughs> Hands I, down. like pieces of the two are I'm like fast forward. Like the stuff with with Jonathan and Nancy. Yeah. And but I think three. I, on a horror level, and I know we're going to get to this last and next, uh, so I'll, I won't get into it, but I thought three was cool. The rats and the goopy thing. Oh, yeah. Was, and, the, and, the, and the lifeguard death. Like, that was chilling. That season is scary, which I, I do love. I'm just scared to be scared, but I do love to be scared. Mm-hmm. So I think three, yeah, three is underrated, I think. Although we all apparently agree that it's not underrated. So great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now let's get into the four S's, which is Talking Horror's ranking system. Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. The Talking Horror's four S's. (laughs) The four S's stand for Skulls. Uh, how well does this deal with mental health? Scares, how scary is it? Shakes, can you shake this off or is it something that will stick with you? And then we'll go into our last one, which is uh, suggestions, but we'll do that later, later on. So this is ranked one out of 10. Let's start with Jamie and just give us your rankings for the skull scares and shakes, the first three. Yes, with skulls, I am giving it a seven. Um, nice. cause I really love just how they handle, you know, trauma and guilt uh, um, across multiple characters. Um, maybe some minus points just based on like some characters being very different from the past or just weird. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like yes. <clears throat> Mike. Um, so yeah. Oh, should I just do them all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, okay. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, scares, I, this might seem low, but I gave it a four. Um, cause even though I think they really amped up the, the scares, the jump scares, the horror of it all. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just super brave guys. Um, so, so, so yeah, it gets a, it gets a four, not the scariest ever, but, um, but definitely, uh, appreciate how it's progressively getting more frightening. Mm -hmm. Um, and shakes, I'm going to give it a six because 
I cannot escape Chrissy, wake up yes. <laughs> like this. And, it, you know, honestly, on TikTok, it's like every other TikTok, whether it's that song or something about Stranger Things. But I'm not mad about it. I, yeah. I really love this show. So, yeah. you know, keep keep it going. Keep the memes going. Willing to engage. Yes. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. Joanna, would you like to go next? Sure. Um, I think for skulls, I would give it eight. I agree. I really liked the whole, I loved the like double inception. Like I love hiding in memories and like, yeah, that, that was really cool. Um, I think this is, I'd love that you guys do the shakes because I can gauge that if it's like, do I need a buffer after this? Can I go to sleep? Mm-hmm. Do I need a melatonin to help me sleep after this? <laughs> Cause yes. I'll be just like thinking about it for too long. Um, I actually will give this like a five for the shakes because I did not need a, with the exception of the last episode with Max getting, yep. mm-hmm. um, that was very scary. Uh, and I thought about that for maybe the next two days. Um, but I don't, didn't need a buffer. So I guess that puts me at what, like a five. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. then for scares, yeah, this season didn't scare me that much. I mean, I liked as you, the, like the, this thing was scary, but. No, I hid my behind my hands more in season three. So I'm going to give this like a four for scares. There weren't that many jump scares that I recall. Although Vecna showing up like in front of, like, you know, he's coming, but then in front, then suddenly yeah. he's like ripping it. Like that is scary. Okay. So it's a mm-hmm. five, a five. <laughs> Perfect. I'm working through this with you. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'll agree. Uh, uh, I'll go because the skulls I had lower, but as you guys talk about it and as it just comes all back to my own memories, hey, memories, I'll give it a six of dealing with mental health and such. Scares, I'm going to give it a seven, not because it was scary, but just the references to horror. Uh, I'll give it a higher score. And shakes, I'm giving this a nine because of Kate Bush alone, because I will never <laughs> hear that song mm-hmm. the same. So, yeah. Brian? Uh, I'm giving Skulls an eight. And, and mine was also lower like Nikisha, but this conversation definitely bumped it up. Um, scares a three. That first, like, first two episodes of season four maybe were the most scary, but from then on out, it was not too scary. Um, and shakes, I'll give it an eight. And, and, and and that's because of TikTok. Yeah. I mean, mm, wow. absolutely. Um, and also, it's a combination of TikTok and Eddie. Yeah. Mm. We love Joseph. Um, but, uh, yeah, now let's let's do a Nerdverse thing where we rank overall what we thought of the season 1 through 10. Um, so, Joanna, why don't you kick it off and explain how we kind of see this? Um, it's completely your call. I like to reserve the top. Uh, well, I like to actually do the meter where you it's one through ten, and then you reserve like eleven and twelve for like groundbreaking, like mm. like The Sopranos or like something that's like oh, this is unparalleled, which is hard to do by season. So we can just do one through ten. I don't know. It, it, pick your own poison. I'm gonna give this like a nine. I mean, it was long, and there was some Russia to from Russia with love. I didn't need it all. They literally went back to the. The prison they broke out of. What is the storytelling? But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to give it like a 9 out of 10 um, for this season. What about you, Nikisha? Uh, I'll give it an 8 for all of those those same reasons. I think it was a very solid season. I was engaged 90% of the time. And yeah, it was great. So I'll give it an 8. Love it. Jamie? Brian. Oh, I'll go, yeah. Or no, Jamie? Uh, I'll, I'll give it an eight with Nikisha. 
Um, I had a really great time watching it. I think that the length of some of it and like a lot of the fluff kept it from being a full 10 and some of the decisions and whatnot. But uh, um, I'm definitely excited to watch season. I'm more excited to watch season five than I was Mm. to watch any other following season of the previous season. If that makes sense. Maybe it's because it is the final season, but I do think they like left it a little bit more open than they did other seasons. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it concludes. I love when a show knows their ending. Yes. That's like mm-hmm. my favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, okay, everything's going to be a banger from here out. Oh, Jamie, sure. what about you? <laughs> um, I'm going to average out between all of you and do a 8.5 um, for nice. everything that's already been said. Love it. Yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about our predictions. Well, s- suggestions for first. Think. Oh, oh yes. What would your yes. suggestions be, Nikisha? Why don't you uh, Why don't you start us off? I see it in your eyes that you have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> There's some, too much pressure, Brian. I have to always look and try to find stuff on Google of what is. If you like this, then you might like this. And there's a plethora of that for Stranger Things. So many lists of here are TV shows and stuff if you're done watching Stranger Things. And the one thing that came up that I have not seen but was on every single list was Twin Peaks. Mm. Have y'all... Mm. Oh, I wonder why they seen Oh, I see it. So I'm, I'm going to offer that as a suggestion for a TV show and also another movie that I haven't seen but was on all of this list uh, was The Society. Have mm. any of y'all heard of, of that? It's I've a tele. Um, it. It's like the same thing, uh, telekinesis with like Elle's powers, and so that's how it's all related. But it's a movie, and this girl like finds her powers and um, is trying to deal with that as a teenage girl. So I'm going to suggest those two things, and hopefully have the time to watch those to say yay or nay for the Stranger Things fans. <laughs> so, Jamie, Twin Peaks is an interesting. I saw that too a few times, and I was like, huh? Yeah. Do I agree? I, I mean, it has, like, Supernaturally vibes. Um, I never watched the, like, reboot that they did, though. So yeah, maybe the reboot's more, like, OG. associated. I don't know. Um, so I have three. Um, the If you're looking for, like, a group of young people who are, uh, like, besties and, and, you know, like, solving something – vaguely spooky together obviously watch the goonies um and and like full of nostalgia um it's not like horror horror but like i mean this is basically the goonies i i don't know what else to tell you um if you want to watch more of sadie sink being amazing you should watch fear street um she's specifically in part two um but you should watch it all because it's it's a real bop it's a ride um it's great um, and if you love Robert Englund, then you've probably already watched Nightmare on Elm Street, but like watch it again. It's, it's great. So it's good. spooky. Um, it gives Wonderful. me nightmares. Um, me it's like the OG of giving everyone nightmares. So, um, check it out. Joanna. Um, I would say all the ones suggested sound great, especially Goonies. I would say E.T., of course, is a common yeah. thing. It's kids on bikes, and I love it. So nostalgic. Um, <laughs> kids on I, bikes. Kids on bikes in the neighborhood, <laughs> and no one really cares where the kids are. Um, mm-hmm. Just takes you back to those times we were kids, because we're straddling. <laughs> all of us, we were part of that, too. Um, yes. So, And then we had the internet, so we get both. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I would also say, like, Labyrinth, only because – 
there's mm-hmm. that scene where she's kept, and I don't want to spoil it if you're going to go search for it now, but yeah. there's just a scene where they want to keep her in her, like, sort of the memory, and she, like, is like, this isn't right. This isn't right. And it's very creepy. Um, and also, Jennifer Connelly is beautiful, and David Bowie is David Bowie. So, well, Labyrinth. Fabulous. Um, I have two. One, just, if, you, if you've never done it before, like, go out and learn and play D&D. Ugh. Yeah. Can we play yeah. D&D? Yes, um, I want to play D&D. And then obviously, if you want the best film about <laughs> best friends in the 80s together, kids on bikes, kids on bikes, and you want the real the real cream of the crop. Amy is holding her head in her hands. Oh, God. For all of you One of the great Bobby. films from the 80s about kids and best friends. <laughs> yeah, pulling through together. Uh, you got to go watch The Monster Squad. You got to go watch <laughs> The it. Monster yes. Squad, The Monster Squad, The Monster Squad. Give me the amulet, you bitch. Watch the monster squad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's I, I love it. All right. Um, now that we've discussed the monster squad, uh, what are your predictions for season five? I want you don't you don't have to go all out, but I want your one thing that you would either you think it's one hundred percent right gonna happen or like totally wacky wild. That's very rude for you to limit like that. But anyway, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for you. Go for it, Jamie. Go ahead, Jamie, do it. Okay. Max's body is still alive. Vecna is a creature that like sucks. He like takes uh, all of the essence, the soul out of things. I think he's going to use Max for whatever his like final evil purpose is. But I think that's why Max is still alive. I think we're going to get like an evil Max. Per- I I hope so. I want, mm. I want more Sadie Sink. I'm not ready for her to be gone. And so I feel like Vecna is going to like possess her. Dare we say a Horcrux? (gasps) Love it. Love the Harry Potter of it all. Yes. Um, Joanna, I'm going to give you mine so you can say two. No, go on. No, 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 no. I I I should learn restraint. It's fine. (laughs) Jamie picked one of mine too, which was that there's like a Horcrux with Vecna uh, going on. (laughs) Vecna, well, actually Vecna and L is the Horcrux. Mm. But anyway, Mm. no, Nisha, you take yours, please. Well, uh, there was a theory. I mean, there's so many theories on TikToks, but there was one that I liked only because it involved Joseph Quinn, even though I know that he's dead, dead, whatever. But there's something in the D&D world, kind of like a zombie-esque thing. So since since, uh, Eddie died in the Upside Down, that he can kind of be rejuvenated in some kind of way and be like a right-hand man to Vecna. Um, mm-hmm. This is like a wacky way out that's probably not going to happen, but I would just love to see it. And they, in the TikTok, kind of described um, Eddie kind of being his right-hand man in evil, so, kind of the same thing along with Max, but um, he ends up like helping the kids like in the Upside Down and to defeat Vecna, maybe like defeating himself again, but whatever. So I just want Ooh, more Eddie. That. Is there any way we can have mm. him there, even if he is a zombie? Like, I'll take it. <laughs> Bring us Eddie. Bring us back, Eddie. Hmm. Joanna. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I love what you both said. These are both so exciting and could work together very well. Um, yes, and with what Jamie said, you know, there is a D&D thing called, uh, I think it's like a phylactery, which is also in Jewish culture, uh, mm. or like it's kind of like a talisman, and he's reading that talisman, the book at the end. He's reading, I love, uh, anyway, like a horror crux. I just think that there's like 
there's there might be an item and I think that there is a tie now because the bite happened in season three when he bit Elle and he he says the thing about he took some of her powers so and now she can force heal so mm. I wonder if this is like a weird interlock and neither can live while the other survives or can they which would be a great map for her to know how to live after this uh so yes so that's sort of piggybacking off of Jamie so that's one um and then I don't know I think that there's we there as I think Jamie was hinting at this earlier. Like, all we left all these characters with, they each have sort of a big secret from each other that makes them vulnerable for Vecna in the next season. You know, you mentioned that you know uh, L kind of feels guilty that she couldn't help bring Max back. Mike not knowing what's going on with L. Uh, you know, uh, Nancy's feelings about Steve. Like, they're all kind of they have like something that's making them vulnerable which I don't know if they could play into it. Um, but And then the only thing I want to say is that they just keep playing these ticking clocks. And the, I know the clock was big this season. Mm. And then the fact that the Upside Down's in 83 still, is there going to be like a time travel? Yeah. Mm. Is that the way to undo all of this? But then what does that mean for Elle? And like that she never came. So that's my, that's all one. Mm. Yeah, that's Interesting. great. Interesting. I love uh-huh. the time travel. Yeah. I just think they're really, you know, putting hammering that home, and they didn't really do a ton with it anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brian? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, what I'm trying to think of is, like, will we will these characters get happy endings or not? Like, like mm-hmm. will Elle give herself to save Hawkins? You know what I mean? Like, and like, will that, will Hopper then, will Hopper still end up daughterless, but he was made whole again by this person? Like, will, mm-hmm. you know, Mike, like, learn the, like, better to have loved than to not have uh, loved at all? You know, like, yeah. will, will Elle be this character who only, like E.T., only entered their lives for a certain amount of time and left them all better and healed? Um, uh, that seem to me, that seems like the most 80s conclusion to that. Um, so I'm going to go with that. I'm, I'm going to go, because it fits the 80s model in some ways, I'm going to say that in the end, Elle has to give herself and and be removed from all these people's lives um in order to make everything whole again um yeah. oh another theory uh oh no i only said one never mind <laughs> it's fine brian but to piggyback what you're saying we get that double entendre at the end with the i left the door open three inches um with hopper yeah. so mm-hmm. i think that there's something there and you and, and brian also with hopper about his daughter they did rec- they did bring back his trauma about feeling like he didn't do enough to save his yes. daughter. So maybe that's a leaving him vulnerable, but B that's another mm-hmm. thing. They're just trying to remind. Yeah. About. Actually, that's a good point. I could see the end of this series, like her disappearing that sin. And then like somehow they bring in like, but there's always three inches left or something like that. I don't know. Maybe Elle can live in the upside down and then she, we can make it a nice place. Like Boo and Sully. Um, <laughs> and they can like visit Aww. in the water yeah. area. Um, anyway. uh, I also think that eight, Callie will come back. Mm. All right. I guess I can get on yeah. with that. <laughs> that was just like a really, really kind of seedy backdoor pilot. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. We see you. We see you. Anyway. Uh, 
Fantastic. Well, I think that about wraps it up for our session, our complete session on Stranger Things. Um, You can follow us on all of the social medias at Talk Horror Pod on the Instagram and the TikToks. Brian, come in with the TikToks, guys. So (laughs) please just uh, follow us. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that is Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all those fun places. Places, uh, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And, and thank, thank you. And remember, you can't spell America without Erica. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, if you're listening to Nerdverse, follow Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha wherever you get that. Um, at uh, talk horror pod everywhere on social media you can find it same places you would find nerdverse but if you're listening to talk horror we're talking horror with jamie and nikisha make sure to follow the nerdverse with joanna and brian wherever you get podcasts same place and it's at uh uh, the Nerdverse pod uh, wherever you get social media. So definitely do a solid. Find everybody, every, everything, every, every, everybody everywhere all at once. Um, yes. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I also forgot to say this in the gripes, but I don't like that they that they sidelined Dustin. I keep saying sideline. I don't like that they made Dustin like he wasn't the hero in the last in the last. Remember, he was like, "We're not heroes. We're like the decoys." I'm like, Dustin, mm. you're the freaking heart of this, right? Yeah, he's the heart. You a decoy with the bats. Why can't I? Also, would Eddie not have to die? Like oh, that? I know. Yes? Can, I can't okay. stop this. There's no stop button. Oh, There's I found no it. I found it. I found it. I'm gonna stop it now. <laughs>